right, everybody, welcome to a very special Fuck You Friday, this being the eighth public installation of this uh, particular genre of the show. I'm your host, Jay. With me is my buddy Brian, live in studio for the first time since the last Fuck You Friday that we had, which was number three, where we got trashed on, I got trashed on cheap alcohol, he got trashed on very good alcohol. But here we are uh, to chat with you real quick. Shout out to our sponsor, GorseNexus.com. Please check them out and the wonderful listings that they have. You can find all sorts of stuff on there. If you're an aspiring agorist or a seasoned veteran, there's something on there for you. Check them out at agorasnexus.com. Shout out to our friends, Brandon and Dag. Also, don't forget about their podcast. So uh, we had a late night today. <laughs> it's a busy day. Technically, it's not even Friday anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a real fuck you Friday because we're doing this shit on Saturday. Yeah, take that Friday up your face um, <laughs> with a can of mace. So, yeah, we were at uh, Chris G's Punk Show, which was a tremendous outing. Tremendous. Outstanding. And those of you that uh, that knew when and where, you showed up, and we were glad to see you. It was a great time. Yeah, it really was. What are the names of the individuals, Brian? We are, were supposed to give them a shout-out. Are we disclosing? I, don't, I didn't ask their consent to put it on the show. Okay, well, you know who you are, the nice yeah, couple. you do know who you are. You sat right behind us, and you told us wonderful, beautiful things, and we appreciate it very much. Yeah, it was a nice time. It was nice to see. We ran into several people who listened to uh, the show and um, were very, uh, very chuffed that uh, you listened and that you enjoyed yourself. So thank you very much for listening. So we decided to revisit this particular, um, I guess, uh, edition of the show to compare notes from the last time uh, Brian at the time was known as Randy (laughs) because he was still in the service of Uncle Sugar. My alternate identity. But here we are. Um, yeah, this is, uh, we're going to review a couple of things that, uh, we will not, maybe more than a couple of things oh, that we talked about. There's a lot. I hope we can, I mean, even if it goes a little bit off the rails, like it's kind of to be, expected. I'm fine. I'm sober. But, so yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm actually feeling, I'm ready to go. There's yeah. no alcohol. I have water and that's about it. We've so. made a lot of changes in the last year and yeah. four months since yeah. <laughs> fuck you Friday number three. Yeah, absolutely. A so lot of growth. What do you what do you what do you want to start with? What is it that you want to start with originally? Yeah, because we honestly don't even have to go in order. I mean, what? I guess I'll go through the process that I had. Make sure like, you bring that mic all the way up there. Oh, is it? Can't. Is this better? Yeah, like, that's much better. Okay. There right. we go. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't want to like make sweet love to this microphone with my mouth. <laughs> but sometimes like, it's necessary. I don't want to neglect it either. No. You, know? you got to find the balance. <laughs> like spread the love around a little bit. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's have it. So, <laughs> so what do you think? What do you want to start with? Oh, man. So basically, uh, we've we've been wanting to do this episode for at least a few weeks, maybe even a couple months mm-hmm. now at this point, just to do like a callback and see how much has changed. Because it's been a lot. And it's like, if you aren't trying to keep up with this stuff regularly, it's easy to lose track. And it's like only over the past year and everything that I've been through personally, that's like, fuck, I need to get more organized because there's so much material I might be missing and it's valuable. Memories are valuable. Absolutely. And I wish, and I'm kicking myself for not writing more stuff down, but it's like the least I can do is start now. So I went through, I didn't even get to listen to the entire episode last night, but I rolled it into my daily activities and I listened to probably a good hour and a half of it. Okay. And anytime I thought something was interesting or worth calling back to, I took a note down on my phone about it. So it's like, these are just themes, prompts, interesting thoughts that I had. Uh, and then we can kind of lay those down. doesn't have to be in the same order that they went up in the show, Fair but enough. they are going to be chronological in my phone. So it's like, if you want to 
I could go, it's a long list. I could go down the list and we could pick some that we think are interesting or sure. we could go one at a time. It's up to you. I think we should do one at a time. Let's see how far we can get doing that. Okay. So the first thing that I stopped and wrote down was uh, we were talking about the show Rick and Morty because I think we were talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and how you got into watching that because of uh, Nicole and myself. Mm -hmm. And then we started talking about Rick and Morty as well because that was another show that it was like you weren't immediately into it and it's like they had a huge fan base and it's like, well, there's got to be something, some kind of method to the madness, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of interesting themes, nihilism and absurdism probably being the two primary ones that I focused on when I watched that show. And that was like... Back when I first started watching it, those were like the main things that like helped me. If I even knew I was coping with something at the time, it was just like, oh, fuck, this is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, I'd say over the last year, the thing that uh, for me, it was like a stark difference was like, I would watch that show and I would get scared. It was no longer funny to me anymore. It was like very real uh, like get real inside your head, like start playing some mind games, like mm -hmm. fucking psyop scary shit. And it's just like, I don't like this. And this is something no. that I used to love so much. What happened and what do I do? Cause it's like, I don't always want to be the same person that I was. I want to develop in a good way, but it's like, that was really fun and good to me. And it's like, why am I now in this place where everything is so dark and terrifying? Okay. So I don't know if you had anything similar like that or have had any changes. And it's not like that for me anymore. I do get a lot of enjoyment out of it, but it really pushes you. Uh, speaking of the absurdism, it reminds me of when Camus talked about philosophers venturing out into the desert of thought. And they get to the point where it's like you can either go no further without dying or you go. It's like it's they abdicated themselves or they abdicated as philosophers what was most important to them if it wasn't their actual life. It was their thought process, which intellectually is still suicide. So it's like, how how long can you stand out in the rain? How long can you weather the elements before having to come back? And it's like all of these brilliant people have taken thought as far as it reasonably could. And it's taken the lives of so many beautiful people and beautiful minds. But it's like there's still people that it's like even if they come back for a while and it's like hard to go back out into that desert. But it's like there's still people that are willing to go brave the elements observe and report and bring that stuff back and that's what that show made me think about and it started making me think about like the deserts of my own mind and my own life and it's like all of these things it's like i didn't even realize i was in a desert or something and it's like i'm looking at my i'm taking inventory and it's like oh like i don't really have any water and i'm kind of running out of food mm -hmm. in the middle of this fucking desert and it's like how am i gonna get back to what i know of as relative safety and it's like a weird existential point to be at because it's like you thought you were in a great place and it's like it's all a mindset and it was very uh very difficult and not always a pleasant experience it was a lot of being very uncomfortable for very long amounts of time so and there's a lot of that as a theme over the last year year and a half i would say anyway and we can get into that more later but i don't want to dominate this question or prompt so like what do you what do you think about it well, uh, for I think for a lot of people, but for myself personally, it's always been a conflict between nihilism and absurdism because it's the blue pill, the blue pill, the red pill, and the black pill. And the black pill is obviously nihilism, where it's fucked and you know it's fucked. And then of course people throw the white pill in there, like we've heard Michael Malice talk about. I it. am a large proponent of the white pill. Actually. I think that that's. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's a constant struggle between those elements where oh, you yeah. like it's fucked and there's nothing you can do about it and just embrace how terrible it is or just embrace how absurd it is and to 
you know, in a way, kind of ignore it, I guess you could say. Focus on the beauty. You have to, at least for me, to keep your sanity. I mean, otherwise, it's kind of like we were talking earlier before we started recording. We were talking about what Duncan Trussell said, that uh, there's somewhere there's a guy who doesn't have his phone sitting next to a waterfall who doesn't know how mad he's supposed to be yeah, or how scared or whatever. Yeah, because you don't have that connection to the media. and You're not being manipulated into being a a frightened individual, which I think is is a very um, adroit point because I think that's what's happening. Now, as far as, you know, man, it's hard to say. Like, I went through Camus when I was 24, right before I got divorced. So it hit me at a particularly important time in my life. Yeah. But then I, you know, you you venture off into like uh, the nihilistic part because you're going through this incredible low, you know, that your life is shattered and all this other stuff. And yeah, you don't recognize anything around you anymore. Right. Yeah. You're starting from zero and it's quite, and you know, you don't realize when you're a young kid that you're going to start off at zero more than you realize yeah, that you're going to have to go back to white belt over and over and over again, regardless of whether how or how far advanced you might feel that you are. Yeah. I mean, the universe has a way of teaching you humility. I think it's a huge bit of irony because it's like to be a true master, it's something you have to realize that you were always going to be a beginner. Yeah, that's a very good point. But as far as where we were, you know, I haven't grappled with nihilism for a while because I don't know, it doesn't really enter in to like you know anything that i'm thinking about because yeah i recognize how how dangerous it could be to venture off into that deep water 100 you know what i mean so you kind of stay away from it and i just stay in the absurd side where the kids are still peeing in the pool but yeah. i know the chlorine's in there so most of it's not going to bother it me balances out right so you don't worry about it there's so an much. acceptable amount acceptable amount of plastic in all your food you can deal with a little <laughs> piss at the public pool right right so that's that's where I'm at, man. Like, yeah, I, and you know, when we were recording that show, when there was three and a half of you that were listening, as opposed to the, I was told tonight fourteen and a half. I was being more optimistic, saying sixteen and a half. But you know, hey, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, when we had, you know, it, we were in a weird spot. Like, if you just think about what we were talking about at the time. Just think about that, for example. Yeah. How the world has changed considerably, like our prognostications <laughs> over what we thought was going to transpire. And we, I have that in my notes as okay, well. Okay, well, like, do you have it ready to discuss? Oh man, I've got. Let's let's have let's have where we were. This is this is like taking a trip okay. back in yeah, time. Yeah, it's literally yeah our little time capsule podcast here. Yeah, so for sure, and this we, one will end up being one too. But. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like we could come back and do this and be like, all right, over the years, it's like how much right. it's going to be. So wild. When was that? That was recorded. What March twenty? March twenty first, I believe. March twenty so first day of spring, I believe, or right around there. Equinox. If you're interested in that whole thing, okay. Um, an equal balance of darkness and light, if you will. Um, at least in the well, I guess it would be both. That was right, right after they shut shit down. That, that and was we like were told we had two weeks. That was the week after they because uh, so, they did that on March 14th. It happened in Israel, and then we covered that story, and then the United States declared a state of emergency on March 14th, 2020. Okay, so then that's like when we jumped into what did we think was going to happen, and I went through and I remember uh, something that I did was I went and like. I felt the need to apologize a lot and say that I was going to end up eating a lot of my words uh, (laughs) for things that I said in previous episodes. And it's like, 
I mean, the sentiment, it's not bad, but it's like, I don't really think now looking back that it was like, I'm, I don't have to apologize. I was doing the best I could with the information that I had. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And hopefully everybody else is doing, but there's no guarantee of that. But it's like, I can make sure that I do that. So it's like, I don't want to apologize for anything, but it's like, if I have changed my mind, I will let you know. Right. If I think that it's worth you knowing. Um, but we talked, I do think it was incredibly uh, ironic that I was like, yeah, I think this is going to blow over. I think the flu is still going to be the dominant thing that we're talking about here. Uh, right. It's yeah. like not, it'll whatever, a few days, like couple, couple people here and there, but like nothing huge. Uh, and then a couple months after that, I ended up going to New York uh doing well new jersey first and then new york to do contract work with fema because nyfd or fdny fuck i don't know see i don't know why they do fdny fire department it's like just they do the same thing in new jersey yeah it's weird jcf or it's fda jc maybe maybe they do that so they know i'm not from there and they're like (laughs) all right this fucking guy he's an outsider right um but whatever who knows? Microprocessors. Microprocessors. Yeah. Like they're fucking, I promise I'm not a rat, but like I didn't pass your little litmus test. But yeah, I'm not a fucking cop. I just fucking watched that movie. That movie freaked me out too, and we can talk about that later. You're going to stop doing coke deals with your fucking jerk off cousin? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like literally, oh man, I could talk for fucking hours about that movie. It's a great fucking movie. It is. If you it haven't had seen the power it. to almost drive me fucking crazy in the situation I was in. Scorsese's a great fucking director. Yeah, he's but really awesome. Tremendous guy. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Like <laughs> it's, it's all good stuff. But it was like, yeah, I didn't think anything was going to happen. And then here I am. I'm a fucking year out of paramedic school, worked at a private in fucking Amish country, bumfuck nowhere. And it's like we had some interesting stuff, but I wasn't like first point of entry for like a lot of it Mm -hmm. unless it was like a nursing home or something. So going from that to sitting in New Jersey for a couple of weeks and we played cards the whole fucking time like they had us. But they didn't really want advanced life support. They didn't really need paramedics as much uh, in New Jersey. It was more basic heavy. So it's like you were there on retainer and we were fucking living on ice cream street, baby, just soaking up contract money, sleep, working 12s overnight, playing cards, drinking coffee, shooting the shit, meeting mm-hmm. people from all over the country, all walks of life and like learn, learned a lot. And oh, it's bad. like we were still under the impression at the time that it's like we were going to get sent out at any time. And it was it was like Wild West fucking rules, man. It was if somebody... It was like if there was a full arrest, cardiac and respiratory arrest of any patient and like they had COVID symptoms, you weren't prior to going down and somebody could record that, you weren't touching them per protocol. You were literally leaving people dead, not even trying to work them. Yikes. If they were viable, which at that point they were looking at because they were so low on resources, they were looking at if it is a pregnant woman or a child, like literally women and children first, like Titanic logic here women and children first, you're not even intubating these people. You're not doing any advanced airway, any invasive fucking procedures that Mm -hmm. can put you at risk of being exposed. And this is like, at this point, it might as well have been the black fucking plague. That's the way they were selling it to everybody. So we were like, holy shit. Like we rolled out here and we got there and they were putting us to work the night we showed up and we don't know where fucking anything is we don't know when the next shoe's gonna fucking Ugh. drop it was it was like it felt like it's like friday we we're in the fucking parking lot at the new york jets fucking stadium in east rutherford new jersey 
and it's literally like you feel like you're just about to run out onto that field and fucking play football and you don't know the first fucking thing about it and you don't know the plays the players yeah. nothing. and it's like yeah. so like and then after a while it was like oh they're not sending us anywhere we're playing cards every night whatever i'm gonna mm-hmm. soak up some money for two weeks and i'm gonna fucking go home and then like people were still getting sick like left and right and getting sent home there were 12 people that originally went out and i was one of them on this group and a lot of them had like a lot more ems experience than i did so i was like whatever try to learn as much as i can while i'm there but it's like i'm still fucking green dude like i was top of my class but i have very little practical experience outside of like doing transfers from hospital to hospital and it's like other people knew that and they're like hey i'll help you out but it's like dude you got to pull your weight and i was like okay and then we were about to pack up and go home and the night before we had everything packed up they stopped six of us and i was one of the six and they're like hey you want to stay out here a little bit longer and i was like yeah dude i'm like i'm uh i'm probably like almost i'm like 60k in debt from school and i don't have a degree and you want me to you want, you're asking me if i want to stay out here and make some for more fucking money yeah yeah like, for sure absolutely i didn't even have to suck dick for it like yeah dude let me that's make a win. some fucking money that's a win and they were like all right you're going to new york and we stood we stood in that fucking parking lot and looked at the skyline every fucking day and we're like how fucking cool to go be to go fucking work in new york city and they're like well hey you're going to new york city and i was like oh shit i kind of wish i wouldn't have wished for that now uh because real it's, now yeah baby. it's fucking and it wasn't even as real as it was gonna fucking get but it's just like all right i guess we're doing this now and it's like yeah they need inner facility people over there too it's not all primary like there's support staff and then they're like yeah you'll go over there tomorrow get your assignment whatever stood in the fucking parking lot at the bronx zoo for four hours waiting for like truck assignments and unit assignments and then they fucking pulled us into a task force and they're like yeah you guys are going to be running primary 911 with fdny like real fucking shit you're going to be out in the borough like posted up on the street somewhere here's your radio here's a map Here's a list of the trauma centers, cardiac facilities, stroke centers, all their different specialties. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you. And then that was it. We were 12 hour shifts every day. The whole New Jersey, New York thing combined ended up being like, give or take a little bit. Maybe I think it was a little bit more than six weeks. And it's like we had one day off. And uh, so it was 12. But like the first two weeks, it wasn't really work. So it's like whatever. But it was a month straight then after that of 12 hour days every day. And I had, I think, three uniforms with me. There was one laundry machine in the hotel that we were put up in, and we'd all have to, like, fight for it, basically, after shifts. And then you'd stay up at night, make sure your fucking laundry got done, so that way the next day you could go back to work. And I remember that being the... It was probably one of the coolest jobs I've ever fucking had. It was, like, as far as EMS goes, that's, like, that's like Special Forces Frontline Infantry. Like, you're in New York City running paramedic shit and it's like there's people that do that every day and they probably don't think anything of it but it's like me coming from small town fucking ohio oh yeah and now all of a sudden yeah it's like i'm literally in new york city and i walked through times square and it's fucking empty you could hear a syringe drop somebody said (laughs) i think that was on the tim dillon show but it was like literally like it's a fucking wild ghost town dude and it's just like okay like we're rolling out of queens every morning we're working in the fucking Bronx and it's just 12 hour shifts. And it's like, sometimes it'd be hit or miss, but like there were some days that fucking hit. And it's like, there's a, a large Puerto Rican community in the Bronx and I hadn't taken Spanish since high school and I never used it after high school. So like there was, it was really difficult because it's like, you have all of these complex problems, all of these very sick people mm-hmm. and no solid means of communication. I shit you not. I called my Spanish teacher on a call once and I was like, Hey, like, 
this is really unorthodox i know but like i really need some help right now and i don't know who else oh, to re- i don't have the translator lines are down it's your resource. my manager's fucking busy i'm on fucking facebook messenger making a call to my fucking spanish teacher from six years ago and it's like hey glad to, glad to see you're still alive hope you're doing well by the way i have somebody dying over here uh do you know how to say this in spanish so i don't like actually on paper assault this person by rendering care without permission and it's just like what <laughs> do i need to fuck? say it again <laughs> yeah, but like and it's just like you can't make some of this stuff up and it was no. like i was in over my head every single day and it's like i had wonderful partners i had wonderful support staff and it's like uh i i am so forever grateful for all of them but it's like every single day I'd wake up at five in the morning and sit there waiting for the shuttle to take us to our fucking ambulances. And I'm like, how am I going to kill somebody today? How am I going to fucking kill somebody today? What am I going to miss? And how are they going to fucking die? Because this city, it's like, we broke it down by the numbers. It was like every truck was responsible for like an area with like 5,000 people in it. And it's like, what if two people have a problem at once? It's like, you're going to clear one call and you're going to leave there and go right back to that area and have like another call. I don't know if that's the exact number, but it's fucking astronomical. It was insane. And then, it's like you'd get through the day, you'd have fun. We'd be sitting on fucking Duolingo every day, practicing Spanish in between calls because it's like, fuck, me learning this word might mean the difference between somebody living or dying today. And I don't want to be the one no. that fucked it up. And it's like I've never operated under that much pressure before. And it was such a jump into that pressure cooker. And it was like every day after I'd get off, there'd be like the sigh of relief for like 10 seconds. And we'd like watch the skyline go by as we drove back to Queens. And I'd be like, fuck, like who's going to be dying tomorrow. And it's like, dude, yeah, like, deep, how can I make one. this fucking stop? Like, how is this supposed to be my job? How do people do this for 20 fucking years and have families and like do all of this shit and they don't just drop dead of heart attacks or jump off of fucking buildings? Like, I don't understand. And it's like, granted, not all of it's at this level all the time. This place had to call in mutual aid from the entire fucking country because they were so fucking swamped. So that was like the biggest wake up call of my entire life. Uh, as far as like a work standpoint goes. And I learned a lot and I got to network with doctors and like all of these brilliant fucking people from all over the country. And I learned so much. And then I came home and it's like nothing. It's like, it's wild. Like I got my fucking, I had to get screened for the virus after I came back from New York and I immediately tested positive and I was like, all right, cool. Two weeks off. But they checked my blood pressure and they're like, dude, your blood pressure is like 140s, 150s, like systolic. Do you have any hit? And I was like, I have family history, but like my blood pressure has always been perfect. And they're like, what have you been doing lately? And I'm like, oh, I just worked for six weeks straight uh, over in the Bronx. And they're like, maybe like chill out a little bit. <laughs> That's a wise piece of advice, I and, would say. And like a couple weeks after that, it's like I was fine, at least physically. But it was just like that was like kind of just where the rest of shit began. It was just like, all right, I bet. Like, because going back to the job that I had before that, I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, this is like low stakes, but it's like, it's a lot better from the risk standpoint than where I was. But it's like, now this is like boring and I don't like what I'm doing every day. And then it's like, and the pay, and the pay is shit. Like, oh. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's like. Compared to the responsibility that's, that's, uh, handed out i mean come on yeah, yeah and it's course. like granted yeah it's like i wasn't working with like a big fire department i didn't have any of that fuck all any of those certifications i was a paramedic with nothing else and it's just mm-hmm. like you're gonna work a private if you don't get anything else and you're in the state of ohio and it's like well i don't want to do that but i also don't really want to be a firefighter so it was like a lot Fair of enough. what do you want to do so then i got a job at amazon um and it's like i signed an nda when i got hired in there so i don't know what i'm allowed to talk about on here without getting my ass fucked but uh, I will tell you, they paid a lot better, gave much better benefits, but it's like, it's, uh, 
That place is also a fucking meat grinder of a different kind. Another soul-sucking location for the working class. 100%. Yeah. And that loops into the another point that I had written down. I think it was actually the one right after the New York thing. Anyway, we were talking about when everything started closing down for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, people are ordering everything off Amazon. It's like, how? what are their delivery times like? And I was like, oh, yeah, there's still two days, prime delivery, no fucking problem. And we were like joking. We're like, I wonder what it's going to take for them to be able to maintain that. And it's like, buddy... I get to see firsthand every single day now what the fuck they have to do every day to make sure that fucking happens. It ain't pretty. Dude, it is it's not pretty downright atrocious. Oh, I believe it. It is and it's like I'm not even the one physically doing like actually actually I was gonna say I'm not even the one physically doing all the labor out on the floor. And I'm not. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time I'm not. But it got to the point where on breaks for the people that were normally working machines, they'd take support staff, because I do occupational safety. They'd take people from HR. They'd take people from any other department that like technically wasn't like working on the line and they'd fill all the gaps in the line with those people and have them work. And it is a part of your employee agreement. If you didn't read that, I'm sorry. Other to duties tell you. as assigned. But yeah, other yeah. duties as assigned. <laughs> so it's like evil clause. Well, yeah, but it's like it's really fucking smart for them because it's well, like, course. oh shit. At any point in time they've but, got an army at their disposal like being a reservist at Amazon. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's like Yeah, and that was also I got out of the military last July. I got out of the Marines and it's like I was in the reserves, so I wasn't full time. But it is still an adjustment and it's weird to th- realize how much, even though it wasn't full time, they still do control a lot of your life. And it's like now you are you are in the driver's seat the whole time, but it's like you now feel more free to uh, move about the cabin, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I wasn't used to that, and I just started this new job, and it's like the nightmare of like super high production because now nobody can go to fucking any small business other than f- that you could go to Walmart, Target, and fucking shop online at Amazon, and those are your fucking three options for an entire year basically because you're too afraid to go anywhere else even if it is open. This is true. So it's like I don't think we anticipated that being like the the scope of what we thought was going to happen. And then I what so your side of things, what do you think? Well, here at the time you know i'm thinking back and i know that we discussed something that's been discussed on the show repeatedly and i know that i probably started off being far more sympathetic and i know that both of us um collectively knew people who were boog boys and i remember when that was a thing uh when it was a uh a thing that was rather exciting from uh the anarchist movement where you had these individuals who were well, getting ready for the ice cream social, you know, really uh, playing the GTA to warm up. You really, know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, getting ready for things to go down in GTA. Yeah. So, but, um, you'll have to reference, uh, the pre, uh, the the two episodes back from this one to oh, figure yeah. out what some that of means. these, some of these are going to be inside jokes. Yes. For only our most dedicated of fans. We <laughs> do it for you. And if you stick around, I promise you the payment will only get better. Yeah, that's right. It'll, it'll be really our little secret. <laughs> Um, but I remember how much of a big deal that was and thinking, you know, all, you know, George Floyd hadn't been murdered yet. Oh, there fuck, was, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there was, it's an entirely different planet an entirely different conversation. And we were talking about the, you know, the, the you know, I, I, what did we say? He who hath bread, but no guns hath no bread. Yeah. The book of Boogalations. Yeah. And it's like, we, we were talking about that and how now we realized how many glowies were in the movement. Like, for example, they just came out that the entire plan to kidnap the communist governor of, of Michigan was hatched in Ohio by FBI agents. No fucking shit. Yeah, you can look it up. Like, That's, oh my God. As, I, as predicted. Not, I'm not surprised. It's like, okay, 
it's like anybody wants to hire a hitman. It's like you are 100% of the time talking to a cop. I don't care. Like, if you want, like, if it, if it seems, that's the unicorn, man. It, Even it if the name ends good. in an owl, in a vowel, excuse me, not an owl, a vowel. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, Joey Bag of Donuts oh is probably a God. fed. Yeah, like, and that's, okay, so it's interesting that we segued into the boob thing naturally, though, because one of the, the very next point that we talked about, because we started talking about the Duncan Lemp thing in Maryland around this time of the podcast in March last year. Mm -hmm. And the next thing that we covered was the three percenters. And it's like the idea behind that is that only 3% of the people in America during the revolution actually rose up to fight the British. And it's like, man, like we were talking about it. It's like, it seems like such a small number. And it's like, I really hope that like the way they portray how great the American revolution was in our history books, which are bullshit, but yeah. the way they make it seems like you'd really think there'd be more than 3% of people backing this. But it's like, if you look at everything that's going on around us right now, and you look at literally anybody that just not even like active resistance, but is just trying to like question some of the narrative right now it's like i don't even know if that's three percent of people and then immediately they're met by flag from all of these fucking people that are like you don't trust science and it's like well technically science is the process of acting asking questions developing a hypothesis and then testing it your science yep. is fauci is god and i'm gonna listen to whatever daddy fauci says and when there's not enough supply of masks suddenly it's not a problem where we have to wear masks anymore but once the demand is met by supply, everybody can wear masks again. It's like, that doesn't sound very scientific. That sounds more economic, but economics is still science. So it's like, it's shitty economics. Oh, I agree And it's like, that. you're selling us, I mean, they've been selling this, selling us on that forever. I now realize, that's okay. That's probably the biggest thing I've taken away from the last year, year and a half. It's like, if you ever find yourself in a situation where nothing looks familiar anymore, it's like, chances are not everything changed all at once your point of view changed yeah and you have to it's like fair if you're gonna get super fucking high or trip balls get out of your fucking mind and you start running into these scary fucking thoughts you have to be able to remember like hey dude remember a couple hours ago when you did this and you were like this will be fun remember like that shit's gonna run its course this isn't fucking forever even though it'll make you feel like it is it's Mm -hmm. such a weird position mentally to be in and uh it's 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 strange because it's like I feel like the the thing with drugs specifically, or and you can apply this to a lot of other things, but they don't give you anything that you don't already have. They are a catalyst at best. They might save you some time. They might put you in for a rude awakening, but it's your body doing all of this. It's just the drug is the right key to open that lock. And it's like that's a good way. If to you are it. on the fence about like I'm all for experimenting things safely. Be smart, be safe, have fun, but like definitely be smart and be safe before you have fun. Uh, there's a hierarchy to it, but it's like uh, do it responsibly for sure. But also know that if you invested a little bit of time and effort somewhere else, you might not even have to do it and you can still take away the same message. And I think that's something that I wish. And it's like there's a lot of people that don't know everything that I've done. And it's like I don't want to tell that to everybody. But it's like I'm not. I've been around the block a couple of times. Like there's like, I, I uh, that's it'll be a conversation for another time or like a book or something. I'm fucking sure. But it's like that's I fair. don't. Yeah, it's like I don't think my parents listen to this shit. But if they do, man, this is going to be a weird episode for them. Sorry, that's sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. I love you very much. Uh, if I felt like I couldn't go any to you for anything, I hope you know I just didn't want to scare the shit out of you. Um, but 
Fair like, enough. I think they would find it in their heart eventually to accept me because like I am putting in the work to be a better person. But All it's right. like I learned a lot of things the hard way. And it's like, why the fuck am I learning everything? Not everything has to be the fucking hard way. There's no way. Like all of these people have lived to be old and happy. There's got to be a way that I can fucking do it too. And it's like, maybe I just need to stop getting super fucked up all the time and like running away from my fucking problems because every yeah. time I kick the can down the road, it's like, well, you're going to run into it sooner or later. So you might as well just do something about it now and face all the shit that you've been too afraid to face. Yeah, I think that that's fair. But I mean, think about also too, we, um, we were discussing also, um, <laughs> you know, think about how overblown, not overblown, but blown over the Duncan Lemp situation yeah. was. We were still talking about poor Duncan being murdered by police. It's not even people like, okay, this is going to sound terrible, but it's like George Floyd. I like think about they were burning cities down over that. But it's like I literally almost forgot who that was until you said something about it. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, there was a fuck ton of shit about this. How could I forget? And people will be like, wow, I can't believe you forgot. You're such a fucking piece of shit. But it's like there's a reason it's not at the forefront of my brain right now. And it's because like look at all the bullshit that they're constantly fucking pumping out. We have a 24 hour fucking news cycle. It's mm -hmm. all fucking bullshit. Like you'll all never get the truth out of anything. And the longer you stare at it, it's just a centrifuge of fucking bullshit. True. And it's just like, you're going to get, you think the longer you stare at it, you'll understand more, but it actually strays you further and further from the truth. Information. Speaking of drugs earlier, it's like the farther you get away from any source of information, it's getting stepped on and cut the exact same that the Coke coming from Columbia is. If you're getting your Coke in fucking Cleveland, point. Ohio, it's like if you're not getting your information from primary sources or you weren't there to witness it, chances are you're not dealing with the actual correct information. And True. it's like I think a lot of people don't realize that just because every source of information we have other than actively seeing it and hearing it ourselves, it's curated. And it's like, okay, what is like what incentive do I have as a curator of information to give the information exactly as I found it? Or it's like what biases do I have that could change this even though if I'm just trying to be a vessel for information, what imprint am I putting on it because it's coming from me? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, I guess every individual has to take stock and, you know, also too, or should at least or should. But at the same time, what also I have done is I've decided not to watch the, like I, I watch news and pay attention to news for this show specifically. Yeah. Other than that, it's a source of content. I'm more interested in baseball scores than I am uh, paying attention to what the talking heads have to say, because all it does is work people up. Like, for example, you know, the memes they have with the guy, it's it's um, I forget what television show it is. Is it Sonny where the dude's sitting down and hands he, the, the one guy hands him a plate and then he throws it? Yeah, yeah it's Max Famous Mac and Cheese okay. from when they moved to the suburbs. That's it's a great episode if you've never seen it. Well, did you see the one where it's like the American, the, the public, the American public is 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 the one sitting down and the Delta variant is on the plate? And they throw it because they're like, we, we don't care anymore. Yeah. Even if it's real, you've you've boy who cried wolf this to the point that I don't care if it's a whole fucking pack of wolves at my door. It's like, dude, I don't have a fuck to give. And it's like ran out a while ago. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like it's to the point where the entire system is like that. They know it's like they look, they've got the fucking skeleton puppet with dementia, Joe Biden up there. <laughs> Some like. It's like, what the fuck? They're not even trying, but they no. don't even have to because they've got the whole fucking nation by the balls. And it's like, even if everybody, and, and we talked about this with Epstein, and this was also in the notes. See, these are these fucking segues are just naturally fucking coming out. It's great. But it's, it's nice like, when it works out yeah, that it, way. It's just flowing. Like, we got there with Epstein, 
where it's like everybody knows the memes. Everybody knows he didn't kill himself. But yep. it's like, okay, if everybody knows it, what the fuck's being done about it? Nothing's been changed. And then they're all like, well, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, last year, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't have that worked out for you. So I guess this is a loss for me. But it's not a loss for me because it's like, well, I'm not willingly going to engage with any of these people nope. that are controlling any of the shit that is in place. Like, okay, politicians, politics in general, like you get into the point where it's ambiguous and everybody's like every interaction you have is political technically. And it's like, okay, but I'm not going to go vote. I am going to like, I know death and taxes, two certainties, but if I can reduce both of those as much as possible, it would be in my, in my favor to do so. So it's like, got to figure that out. But it's like, it's. And then it's like, everybody's like, oh, if it's so bad here, you could go somewhere else. And it's like, well, then I'm, I'm going to fall victim line. to foreign policy. They're going to, if I'm in a hospital, I know I'm not even safe because we bombed fucking hospitals in other countries. Yeah, you're not like, safe anywhere. You're not. If they want, yeah, like they, they want you dead, but they'll settle for your subservience. You've said it since I've known you. And I've always been like, ah, I don't know if it's that extreme, but it's like, no, I really actually do think it is that way now. I got to like, give Michael Malice credit for that one. He's the one who came up with that. But yes, they, they, they want you dead, but they will settle for your submission. He's a fucking, he's on the money. And that's like, he is on the money. And we talk, we also talked about him on the last episode that we're now rehashing. It was him on credibility. And it's like, how do you recover after it's been discovered that you were telling lies? And it's like, how do you, how do you rescue your credibility? Because it's like, I mean, some people don't care. And it's like, I mean, we've all told lies at some point in our life, but it's like, you can do something right now to mitigate that going forward. But it's like if people are constantly just going to bring up the past and be like, oh, remember what a piece of shit you were? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not I don't want to deal with those people. Because- no, you, you listen. Everybody's told a fucking lie. Yeah. And see, that's the problem that I have with it. Like you lose your credibility. Well, there has to be a way for you to at least gain some of it, if not yeah. all of the bad. It doesn't have to be easy or fast but to no just... but yeah but just to have the option there and that's that again that comes down to an individual judging the character but seeing what you what you do and not what you say yeah your actions if there's you know if they're consistent with your principles or what have you everybody's gonna fuck up and lie i mean yeah. hell even if you have a wife you're like did you get me what you know would you get me for uh, my birthday did you get me what i asked for and you're like no no i didn't well, I mean, you're technically not telling the truth because you did get her what she wanted. Otherwise, you're fucked. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. Like, no, I see it. It's a giant. It's nothing but gray areas. Yeah. I don't buy that line too much. I don't buy It's if you lie so much. No. Once it's an established trend, it's like, yeah, there's people that I say now and confidently believe that I will never trust ever again. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm not even leaving it out on the table because you fucked me over. No, that option times. is gone. But it's like for not every infraction is that severe and it's like okay so let me let me take stock here and be like okay have i ever been in the same position and what did i do and it's just like but you can't also assume that everyone is like you not everyone has the same heart as you actually nobody does but uh, we could go on and on uh so talking about so we already talked about Duncan Lemp. Uh, the Maryland for communist shirt. Um, Maryland is for communist shirt. I don't know if we have those. And still. We never made. We em. never made them because I was like, I think I, I we I might have missed it. But it's like I saw that idea and I was like, fuck! If we never did that, we do have to do the Maryland is for communist shirt because I think that is. I'm awesome making a note there. right now. Okay, outstanding, outstanding. Uh, we talked about gun legality, which like that comes up enough on every other show. I think we do, but. Uh, and we talked about like you want wanting to go to the Smithsonian and it's like 
having to worry about being pulled over strictly because you are an out-of-state license plate and they know to look for that as the state police and then try to get you on gun charges because it's guaranteed prison time. So that's mm-hmm. guaranteed. That's the 13th Amendment didn't end slavery. It just changed it. Uh, it'll land you in prison. You'll be working for yep. what, like 11 cents a fucking... Is it an hour or a day? At that point, it doesn't really fucking it, matter. Uh, no, at that point, it doesn't matter. And You I think- can't vote. <laughs> do they still tax you when you're in prison that i don't know but i also know that like some major corporations uh like for example unfortunately wendy's yeah they use prison labor to manufacture 100 the, the cartons for the fries for example yeah. and i mean victoria's secret does it whole foods does it fucking so at what point if we're if we're looking at the scoreboard here and we're going to play the whole holier than thou card at what point do we look at this and be like this is no different than like bmw using slave labor from the holocaust to do it's like yeah we might not be sending these people to the gas chambers but it's like these people are in prison they don't have any other alternatives except maybe solitary confinement which is cruel and unusual punishment no matter what agreed and it's so is the threat of being raped every day oh oh, yeah exactly that's a scary Um, proposition yeah exactly and it's like so it's and then it's like you have they're trying to pass these sweeping firearms bills where it's like you're making millions of people felons overnight and then it's like that's if the you goal can, if you can stop them for any reason they've technically done nothing wrong but they are now a felon then that's how many more people that you can throw in jail you don't have to pay a living wage to they're not taking up space on the outside you can now develop that land and resources for whatever you want yep yeah like oh my god it's a brilliant fucking process it's if a you great are business a model terrible fucking person yes if you're, if you're a business if you're a businessman it's one i was a businessman business. doing business <laughs> like, i was a businessman doing business doing business uh not it's like i'm i'm all for it's got to be voluntary interaction always, no coercion always like, it has to be you have to have consent and uh so that's we talked about that um i don't know exactly what we were talking about here but it basically it's a lot a lot of the last year and this is like because of my job specifically and just like things that i've been thinking about doing uh comes down to risk management because it's like every day comes down to risk management and problem solving for everybody and balance and it's it's just how much do you consciously think about all this stuff i think okay but uh basically i wrote down don't play the odds if you don't have to because it's like yeah if you tend to be lucky cool are you willing to bank on that every time or it's like are you because it's like i've i realized there have been many times that i've been extremely fortunate in life and it's like i hope i don't burn through all of my luck now but it's like i have to be willing to work hard now and depend on luck as little as possible because like if self-ownership yeah literal self-ownership self-accountability that's been another huge thing over the last year that it's like I've it's like back in the back when you first told me about Camus back when you first told me about like self-accountability and independence and being an anarchist and everything it's like all right I'm in college right now like but I was also but like it's like metaphorically it's like I'm in a classroom right now I'm soaking all this information up I'm doing the I'm writing the papers on it whatever learn it and then it's like I feel like the last year year and a half it's like I've been out in the fucking field we've been out in the fucking trenches and it's like you're seeing the real world application of this stuff Oh yes, and it's hard to not see. It's hard to it's hard to find beauty in there. It's really ugly if you don't know where to look. And I think it's by design to be that ugly to rob you of 
again, we circle back to the white pill, black pill, red pill. Yeah, don't take one red pill, not the whole bottle. Not, yeah, that's what Michael. That's says. another Michael Malice, and that's a beautiful thing because it was just like, you know, it's perfect. You, yeah, whatever you're taking to free you from your reality because you can't cope with it, that is a crutch. And if you burn through it really fast, it might show you a lot of terrible shit. One, but two, it's like you're gonna burn through all those crutches really fast, and you're gonna probably be in a deeper hole than you even started off in. So it's like, true. It doesn't I, I think the biggest thing. One of the biggest things that I came to realize, because it's like you start, it's like these truisms that you've heard all of your life. Again, it's like, yeah, it's like people said it. So it's like, all right, everybody says this. I guess I should believe it. But then it's like you start, it's the difference between deductive and and it's inductive and deductive reasoning. I think inductive is the right word. I'm not sure. Deductive and fucking, I think it is inductive. Well, to to deduct something is to what to remove well one i'm so, gonna i'm gonna fuck them up but i know they're opposites it's like one is using what one is like using intuition and to piece things together on your own and then basically see if it's corroborated right, okay. in real life and then the other one is just to take real life experience and then draw conclusions the so one's like front end one's back end but you're getting to the same place okay and it's like a complete difference uh in the way i've been thinking it's like i am now instead of just hearing it on paper and seeing it in the real world it's like i'm seeing stuff in the real world and now drawing my own conclusions outside of what people have told me but it's funny because then it's like you come up with a little saying in your head and it's like oh fuck this is exactly what those people were talking about and that's why this is such a truism and it's like it's fucking insane like it is crazy it's one of the most beautiful things ever though because it's like one of those it's usually like a synchronicity or a coincidence or something and it's so profound that it's almost terrifying it's like when like reading the bible and people talk about seeing angels like whatever that means to them it's like on because i'm not really even what i would call a religious person but it's like i do believe there are people that actually see the world that way in a strange way yeah yeah and it's strange to me too like i I mean as being a materialist and yeah not believing in but it's like fairy tales like that there have been some of the i don't know because even like completely sober it's like there have been some occurrences that have just been so surreal so absurd that it's like i can't explain them otherwise other than to just try and convey exactly what i saw exactly what i heard okay or whatever and it's like to a lot of people i realize it might be bullshit yeah, but, but at least like, you're being open-minded about it but right yeah this is stuff i never would have considered i was a ston- like i went to church as a kid and then like in high uh, even like after high school i was still like anytime anything bad happened i'd fucking be like oh i'll pray to god real quick but then it's like the second that i got out of whatever terrible situation Don't fucking i fucking need in. you anymore yeah literally and it's like well that's not that's cherry picking and it's like sure i, I remember one that does it. oh no certainly not and it's like that was just where i was at in life but i remember being lost in the canadian wilderness with two of my friends and it's like we honestly didn't know i remember this like, story yeah it's it's a long story but it's like basically we were up Shit's creek without a paddle 16 miles from anybody in the middle of dense canadian wilderness no paths only a river and it's like we lost our canoe lost our paddles lost everything we're fucking marooned up there and it was just no firearms no no anything we had a couple knives (laughs) and uh like they were in bear country and moose country and like who the fuck knows what country like yeah like yo dude yeah um and it was just like spending a night like a fucking it reminds me of like if you've ever watched 2001 a space odyssey long time ago so it, i need to refresh it's a, it's a spectacular kubrick one of the best directors ever and it's hands down one of my favorite I movies agree. ever that movie 
it's like it brought me to the point almost of like a psychotic break and also brought me back from that brink in a way so it's like it was just a very strange process but it's good what i've done with it now but that feeling in that movie when it's like you're watching the apes huddle together in a cave at night listening to like literally they don't know what monsters are out there in the dark and they're literally just clutching each other trying to stay warm enough and just trying to live until the sun comes up and it's like i'm not saying we were in that (laughs) dire straits but it's like it dipped down it frosted that night it was cold as fuck our fire went out because we all fell asleep at the same time we were laying on a tarp in the middle of the woods in the dark trying to share one sleeping bag huddling together in our underwear to stay warm and it was like the biggest like i think that was probably the first time consciously in my life i was like oh fuck i could die we might not make it out of this guys like that's one of the first times what an unsettling feeling yeah and i was i don't even think it was right before my 19th birthday so this was six years ago so you're like i didn't even get my chance yet yeah it's like there's still so much i haven't done i was in a huge hurry to come back to some shitty fucking girlfriend that was <laughs> that's a that's a story for another day but it's like i was so happy to come back to like eat shit out of the palm of people's hands that's because i felt like i was about to die that'll and, do it for you that moment of clarity hits you yeah. like a ton of bricks yeah and it was just know? like and it's just like fuck like i i prayed that night and i was like dude if i get out of here i'll start going to fucking church and i did and it still sucked the um, bargain <laughs> yeah the, the bargaining bargain. yeah the dabda dude the the fucking denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance and it's like i remember when we we first capsized into the water it was like 50 degree fucking water it was all melt water Ooh. fucking freezing and it's like we're bouncing off rocks we're getting pulled under by all of our gear and it's like i remember making it washing up on the shore of the fucking river and it's just like standing up and being like oh okay like i'm gonna turn around and all of our shit's still gonna be there we're just gonna hop right back in the canoe and get moving down river and i remember turning around and nothing was there and i was just like oh oh fuck this is for real the feeling of <laughs> like it's the thing that everybody in all those survival shows say they're like i didn't think it could happen to me but it's like dude you don't realize how close you are to that happening every single day in some capacity and then that really freaked me out and that's a lot of that feeling Agreed. came up this year because it's just like your mortality you, it's tupac i see death around the corner like i fucking love that song but it's like it can drive it's... you to the point of paranoia to the point that it literally does take a toll on your health and it actually brings you closer to death it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so after a certain point you literally just have to be like i can't stay here and dwell on these thoughts i need to move physically move mentally emotionally do anything and so like that was that was kind of a deep tangent but i think it was solid it, it was a good conversation there was, piece. there was a lot of deep tangents that went into that yeah. episode and do you do you have any things like that though where you feel like it was like an unexpected but very close confrontation with the concept of your own mortality i'm trying to think back um <sighs> I've been here for 41 years. Congratulations, Mazel Tov. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that's been... Well, okay, so I had an incident with a girl that I was seeing. Yeah. Um, and, and when was this? This was in 2010. Okay. So I was seeing <laughs> this uh, this young lady, um, and um, she had, a, she had a, like a lightweight stalker, like a dude who was like come on date me give me a chance this that and the other thing and then when i showed up in the picture now mind you this man had not even you know sniffed her underwear yet like it like he never got in so well that's good yeah could you only imagine you'll see how bad it got so oh, jesus christ uh so this is my brush with it so 
those of you that know prior to the tragic boating accident that happened on the uh, the mighty waves of lake erie or whatever body of water i was sailing on that day yeah, they all blend together after they do. a while after you know? 50 boating accidents they really do all start to look the same salt water fresh water river water it doesn't matter pond water it could be the fucking little pond at the fucking putt-putt golf place. It doesn't matter. Yeah, water's water. Guns yeah. could drown in six inches of water. It's That's crazy. Right. That's right. So I was dating this lady, and um, this, this, this stalker was constantly like, oh, you know, that dude's no good for you. Just give me a chance to send the other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever, pal. Lip service. Well, I was carrying a, a Smith & Wesson 40 cal like this i it used to be quite a, quite an ordeal to carry this weapon concealed because this is a this is not a comp it's not a subcompact it's just a regular compact you mean handgun. you're not just happy to see me right now is that what you're telling exactly me? <laughs> yes is that a gun in your pants yes actually yeah sorry <laughs> so we had uh it was the day before my uh my 30th birthday and uh i had gotten up i stayed the night in her her apartment and um her sister had uh was there too and um we were hanging out and i had my shorts on still from when we were we were sleeping Mm -hmm. and uh her sister walks in the the sliding glass door and says hey this person is here oh god and i'm like shit so i dart quickly to go put my jeans on in the bedroom where and then put my firearm where it needed to go Mm mm-hmm no sooner to do that, dude's standing in front of me in the hallway of this house. And I'm like, okay. Between you and any door? Uh, I had my back to the wall. Not there a was good. a window behind me. It okay. was a total death. I, like, not I, a good spot. Not but... a good spot, but I had a tool that equalized the playing field at yeah. minimum or gave me it's a, a force, force multiplier. multiplier. <laughs> exactly. So dude says, oh, you know, this thing starts running his mouth and I'm just standing there. My hand is on my weapon. It's still holstered. And uh, I'm, I'm just watching the center mass and I'm and I'm calculating distance. It's funny how your brain goes into Terminator mode without you knowing it. It starts calculating well, distance. It's literally a defense mechanism. Correct. Yeah, it's an evolutionary thing. And I'm calculating distance. I'm examining how fast this man could potentially cover ground. There's one in the hole, the as reactionary always. reactionary gap, too. That's like a big disadvantage. Oh, yeah. So he's running his mouth, and um, and I'm not, I'm not really listening. I'm just looking at him. I'm just waiting. I'm like, I'm going to wait for you to cross over the line that becomes an, an absolute imminent threat to my survival. Yeah. In which case, I'm going to do what I need to do right. to defend myself. He sees my hand on the weapon. And he, he kind of falls back a little bit and he goes, are you going to shoot me? And I go, I don't want to, but I will. It entirely depends on what you're about to do. Yeah. I said, I don't want to, but I will if I have to. Like I've made, I've come to terms with the possibility. Long ago. When you, those of you that carry a weapon can kind of relate to that because you have to make that decision. If you don't feel you're capable, then I wouldn't recommend carrying one because you'll end up getting it used on you. Okay, so that's another thing touching on gun legislation. It's like I think a lot of I think a lot of legislation in general and why people get the idea that people aren't capable of self-governance is because it's of someone else's insecurity. Because they're like they think in their head, I am not responsible enough to handle whatever. Ergo, you're not. Ergo, you're not. But yeah, it's like no, that's not well, true at all. But it's like they don't think anybody should have that power because it's like I can't handle that power. It's and not. It's, you're absolutely right. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, check this out. This is good. the science that goes behind it. So, 
Dude couldn't get out of the apartment fast enough after that. Well, that's good. And took off. Uh, the fuzz showed up. They DA'd me. That's disarmed for those of you who don't know what that means. And, um, you know, there was a report filed, this, that, and the other thing. And um, every my brain is trying to process all the information that, uh, that they, like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Because you don't realize it when it's when it's happening. And I guess this is a good thing because it was a test of somewhat of what I was capable of doing yeah. is everything kind of slowed down and my focus was absolutely laser. Like and you had restraint. Yeah. I was like, okay, like I, I, I know how far you have to come uh, before I de- determine to the line where I determined this is an imminent threat on my life. Right. Uh, I, I left, I got my, my, my weapon back. I, I holstered it. I got in my car. I was driving home and then my hands start to shake Oh yeah, yeah. The, it's, the the adrenaline dump is gone. Yeah. And my hand, like I'm, I'm shaking in the car like a leaf, and I can't control it. Yeah. No, I believe it. And I, and I, I normally didn't smoke in the car because, and I was a smoker at the it time. Was an exception made. Yeah, and because my kid <laughs> would ride in the car, he wasn't with me, but I didn't yeah. like the stink with her, so I, I lit up in the car. Yeah. And I was like smoking, and I, I call my my buddy, my 82nd Airborne 75th Ranger Regiment friend. Yeah. And uh, I ask him. I say, Hey, uh, Sergeant. Uh, uh, this is what I'm feeling right now. And he goes, wait a minute. First of all, what happened? And right. I relayed him the whole story. He goes, dude, you did pretty good. Yeah. He goes, I got over that feeling after I shot my first guy. And I'm like, okay, that didn't That's happen. A little different, buddy, but... but just slow down. Just take 20% off. <laughs> and he, and he goes, no, 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 you, you did good. This is normal. This is normal. Yeah. Like your body got ready. It started putting stuff where it needed to go in case you bled or this, that, yeah, and the no, other thing. Literally that blog post I wrote actually pertains a lot to the, it's one of, i can't i can't remember which fucking one it's like one of the first ones i wrote up there i need to throw more is out that there. the line in the sand uh fuck there's one that's like where to draw the line i can't remember but it's about stress management and it's like what happens to your body when you are put in a stressful stressful situation and like just from what i've learned and like the some background that i have like what you could potentially do or what i've tried to do to like train my body to because basically it's like you said it's like you're not really you laser focus in and get tunnel vision on like one thing, which it can be very good, but it's like, how much are you missing on the sides now? Because you're zoned in thinking of this one threat and it's like really easy to get locked in on that kind of stuff. And if you are dealing with a force that is more than one person, they will plan for that and they will know how to use that against you. If you aren't prepared, it's like they'll flank you from the sides while you're distracted by this one thing over here. Yeah. It's basic. It's a basic tactic. And you know, that, that right there, was a moment where I was like, okay, this, this could have been it. Right. But clearly I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you. So clearly it wasn't right. But it's like, that's still a lot to go through and unpack. And it's not all oh, yeah. immediate. This is going to be days, weeks, maybe even months later, you're still, or like, I mean, we're talking about it today and it's been 10 years, you know? Yeah. It's still something that like, for example, like there have been times in the past when I, before I lost all of my weapons in a tragic boating accident that I would go to the store, for example, the Walmart, which is notorious for being a completely safe place where nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. And I would go there unarmed, and I'd be like, ah, you know, it's the local one. It's not like I'm going to one that's in East Cleveland, for example, or Detroit. Steelyard Walmart. I mean, seriously. Oh, my God. I, I, World I, famous, I'm pretty sure, for I, actually I think being a shitty place to be alive. Well, you know, and that's rather that unfortunate. Line. Rather yeah. unfortunate. But the thing is, is if you look at uh, some of the news stories, some of the most... Uh, nefarious things happen in parking lots including sexual assaults 
child trafficking, trafficking of other, you know, just yeah. human beings, period. A lot of bad stuff happens there. And also, you know, you had the El Paso incident where the man walked in there with a Wasser um, AK-47 and started killing or killing people that were Hispanic mm -hmm. because he was a white supremacist uh, terrorist, right? Mm -hmm. So after that incident at the, the apartment, I was like, you know what? I I'm just going to make sure that this is on me at all times. Like when you go to the bathroom or you shower, you lock the door and you put it on the back of the toilet and yeah. leave half the shower curtain open so you can quickly reach in there and put shit in front of the door. So, yeah. and you don't want to be Vincent Vega, dude. No, you don't want to get up for after a poop and get blown away. Yeah. That's that's a terrible way to go. Yeah. But I mean, at least he got the shit out beforehand, I guess. You got to so, read his book a little bit. Yeah, but, you know, but like, yeah, he could have just walked out of there and lived another day. Like he could have. But that's that was a very that was a moment where I was like, OK, this is coming everywhere with me, no matter where I go. Even in my own home, you're going to come with me. Yeah. So that was a moment where I was like, I, I, all right, if this dude was more serious or if he had equal or greater than firepower than I did. Or what if he was just like fucked up on like meth or something or like, who knows? Like, I don't fucking know. But it's like, that's a lot of people oh, don't recognize the, the strength of people. And it's like, yeah, like, what if your aunt had balls? She'd be your uncle. We could do what ifs all day. But. It's like, you, you never know. You don't get to choose the circumstances sometimes. So. No, you don't. No, you don't. So it was good to at least know that I was able to keep my, my cool and nothing happened as a result. Equanimity. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was my only thing. The, my first taste of my own mortality didn't happen as a result of anything that happened with me. Okay. In 2007, I had lost a dear friend of mine that I've been friends with since 1987. And he died in a tragic motorcycle accident locally in the city of Akron, as a matter of fact. Uh, his, uh, he was riding a motorcycle, and he was cut off by a car. He got pushed into the concrete divider and somehow catapulted his body off of the motorcycle and headfirst into the concrete pillar that held up one of the bridges. He was dead in, in instantly. Oh, my goodness. And they gave him a closed box because he was mangled. Yeah. So there was no um, uh, restorative uh, art that could be, t you know, no pl Paris plaster of Paris yeah. that could be put on him. It limits some closure. Yeah. And I was out of town at the time. I was in the city of Boston visiting a friend of mine. Yeah. And um, my mother told me, like, she went to the funeral and uh, she could hear my buddy's mom wailing from inside the funeral home. Oh, yeah. Outside. I believe it. There's Just, I can't imagine a pain worse. No, when people say there, are, you know, there aren't things worse than death. I that's one, that's one right there that you'd much rather be dead than put up with that shit. Because I mean, even as a parent, that, that's that's not an option. Like yeah. you, it's it's the old uh, backdraft. You go, we go. So if something happens to you, something's gonna happen to me because I can't be here. You know, like and there's plenty of people that have had to endure loss of their offspring, and it's yeah. no one should have to. And it's like I know it's yeah. it's far from a perfect world, but it's like that is a trauma that I never want to and I don't want anybody to know, you know? Yeah, and even if even the people I don't like, I, I still did it's that's it's just not the natural order of things it's supposed to go you but it does but i mean think about it the same people who will lament the loss of a child in a car accident for example will you know perfectly accept the folded american flag because of some rich politician sending their kid to go fight in some stupid war oh it's context though it's it's propaganda it's all, it's all about context. exactly it's it's exactly. not it's not for the petrodollar it's not for opiates it's not to supply right exactly. pedophile warlords in another country it's because they hate our freedom and <laughs> yeah. they Pearl Harbor round to us. 
and it's like if that's not broke don't fucking fix it um and it's like don't worry about where all the money's going don't worry about who's calling the shots some dude some old white guy told you it's time to go die in a sandbox. Right. You better fucking carry that fucking cross because that's right. They're not going to fucking. You want your free it. college? Like, huh? Yeah, your free college. In Jesus. air quotes. Yeah. 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 But yeah. hey, the Browns are looking good. That's what's important. <laughs> Give them a Coliseum, man. Oh, fucking shit. Yeah, it's wild stuff, man. Like those experiences with um the near death that, you know, not the near death, but, you know, when you have closer some, than you would prefer closer to be than you to prefer death. But also your the first friend that you lose, yeah, that you're now forever older than they are. Yeah, that's a weird. It's yeah, that's weird territory, and it's like, uh, like I've said about a lot of things. It's like I didn't expect to be in these waters so soon. But it's like when when's the right time? When is the right time? Honestly, yeah. Then, like, are you ever truly going to be ready? And it's like, well, you no, can be not. more ready than yesterday. But it's like I don't think anybody's ever ready for that kind of. No, stuff. No, it's not something you show up. It's not something you show up. There's no there's no study guide that, that can prepare you for yeah. that test. You got to find what works for you. I mean, right. It's just like anything else, and it's like what works for a bunch of other people might work for you in some cases. But it's like sometimes you got to find that one thing where everybody thinks you're crazy. It's like, hey, dude, sometimes you got to be a little fucking crazy. Like that's the only way. Yeah, but it's the lack of sanity keeps you sane, I guess, yeah, in a way. Like, yeah, I've my look, I used to look at people and be like, that's fucking insane. But it's like now I look at some of those people and I'm like, actually, they are brilliant. And it's like everybody else is the one with the fucking problem. Like, as unlikely, because it's like people tell you statistically, it's like if you're encountering a problem and it's the same problem with a bunch of different people, you have to entertain the idea that maybe not everybody else is the problem and it's you. But it's like they use that as a manipulation tactic when there's times when it's like, dude, everybody else, the system literally is the problem. You are the odd man out. And it's like they will do everything they can to crush you into submission. But no it's question. like you can't fucking give them that satisfaction. It's the myth of Sisyphus, dude. The gods want him to be miserable and he can't give them what he wants. He's the fucking rebel. And it's like in order to be a rebel, there still have to be rules. And that was something that I struggled with, like dealing with as well, because I was like, ah, fuck rules. Like, but it's like, no, like there's there's good ones. There's good ones. But it's like it took a minute of, I guess, becoming more mature and grown up to realize that. And it's like I'm still very far (laughs) from where I'm sure I will end up and uh, like miles to go before I sleep kind of a thing. But it's just like I'm also miles away from where I started. And I'm well, that's progress. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it, it is. And from when I met you, when you were a lot younger, uh, you know, and even, even from now, you know, the development and whatnot and, you know, thankfully getting out from underneath Uncle Sugar's service. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, it feels good. Yeah, moving on and getting in arts and, you know, getting rid of these plans and stuff like that. I think that that's uh, wonderful. Um, Let's uh, let's see. What else do we have? We've already done an hour. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, it's wow. already two o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard oh, Time. Oh, I have. We're just barely scraping the surface. Well, here geez, too. we're gonna have to do another installment. Oh yeah. I mean, regardless, yeah. But uh, so don't play the odds if you don't have to. Uh, we talked about the Parkland shooting and how like the uh, the school officer that was there was found to have no obligation to actually protect any of those kids. And That's the court said that. The court correct? said that. Yes. Ah, yes. yes. And. Uh, the thing that I thought about that today was like, okay, so that officer's not obligated to serve and protect the children, but it's like, who's paying that officer? Well, the school is, but it's like, not really, because the taxpayers pay for the school. So the taxpayers are paying for that officer to do fuck all nothing. And it's like, 
nobody should have to take a bullet at their job. But like, if you signed up knowing you were going to be a cop protecting that school and those children, it's like you are the one person that is expected to go do that. Well, right. Well, dude, right. You or, referenced the fucking departed. Or where... get as many out as you can without getting shot. Sure. Right? Yeah. But the departed. Remember when he was like, you know, some people have to use their weapons. They're like, yeah. What are you talking? They they signed up to get this. They they, they yeah. this is part of the job. Yeah. So yeah, I that one to me is an egregious crime. Not only because of the loss of human beings, right. of, of young kids, but then it's used in such a nefarious way to say, well, you need to give something See, up. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to touch yeah. on because it's the same point you made fucking 15 months ago or 16 months ago <laughs> where it was like, yeah, the government failed to protect your children. Correct. With the money that you are supplying them. But now you have to give your guns up. And it's like, that's that's interesting. That doesn't, yeah, how does that, that doesn't add up. And but, that's a brilliant point. But some people will not make that. Con in fact, a large percentage no. will not make that connection. They're like, oh, well, what do we need these for? Well, if, it's they, like, if they make that connection, then it's a uh, what's the fucking Al Gore thing? An inconvenient truth where it's like, if I make that connection, a lot of other shit in my life has to change, and I don't think I'm ready for that. And I'm sure there's plenty of well, stuff right. like that in my life right now where I'm not ready, but it's just like... No, but in, ah. that, but that in particular case, that's where, you know, like what Tim Dillon said. Remember that? He was like, most people want to be safe. They want to put something doughy in their mouth. Yeah. They want they want a garlic knots from, Dom, from Domino's. They yeah. want to watch TV, go to sleep, and do it all over yeah. again tomorrow. We hate change, and we hate the way things are. Yeah. yeah. They're not interested in, 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 in dangerous liberty. They want to be safe. Yeah. They want to be able to get to their Netflix. A and, squishy you know, bagel face. A squishy bagel face. <laughs> they want to throw something doughy in their mouth. And that's and oh, that's who fuck. we're dealing with, and it's unfortunate. Now, do I think that there's a, a large percent of the population who doesn't feel that way? Clearly, because if if their opinions were so much in the majority, the 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 cacophony of insanity would be so overwhelming yeah. that they would have done something already. Yeah, we wouldn't have the fourteen and a half people that listen to the show either. Right, and then you would already have massive Clinton era gun control legislation reenacted if people were that adamant. Right. about it but it's quite frankly it's the and they're like well it's a it's a loud minority of people no clearly how many ar-15s have been sold in this country since you started recording it we're talking millions of rifles yeah and every time you fucking threaten to close shit down sales go through the fucking go right roof. up so it's like what if now stay with me here what if it's actually the gun manufacturers that are trying to like press soft core a little bit for regulation because every time they do prices that fucking sales go through the fucking roof. I wouldn't put it past them. I to, wouldn't put to, it past. To, I've never thought about that before. Though. To hand out envelopes and saying, listen, I'm not expecting action. I just want words. I know. Yeah, because it's enough for the fucking people. It's right. For the I've fucking got sheep, stock. I believe. Yeah. In Springfield Armory. Yeah. So um, yeah, yes. Glock or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't put it past him. Bitchmaster AR-15s. Yeah, and it's fucking, uh, okay, so I have the same thoughts kind of with Elon Musk as far as Bitcoin goes. I don't know much about crypto, but it's like this guy makes a fuck ton of money from it, pours a ton of money back into it, and is like you can use Bitcoin to buy Teslas. And then like and then it, knox bitcoin and then they're like oh because of the environment i'm not going to be accepting bitcoin anymore and that man's word is the <clears throat> word of god 
yeah. and the, sco- the stock price plummets. How much did he buy as a result? Exactly. And yeah. then shortly after that, once he made fucking tons of fucking money on it again, it's Dude, like, oh, I'll start accepting it as listen, fucking currency for cars again. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the Rothschild agent going to the London Stock Exchange saying that Napoleon won the Battle of Waterloo to sink the whole fucking stock market and then buy buy stocks on the fucking on the pence. Holy fucking shit. Like, I mean, that's what but, that's that's okay. reminiscent. So of. if we want to go down that pathway now, it's like, how much has the human brain really changed evolutionarily in the last couple thousand years? Couple thousand, I think very little to I nothing at all. We are the exact same. But technology is what is changing because we're changing everything externally around us. We no longer require internal evolution, or at least you can you can pursue that if you want to, but you don't have to. It's no longer the standard operating procedure. It's like you can make a tool out of fucking anything and use that. And it's like your brain. Well, your brain changes because you're learning how to make tool, but it's not like the it's I think we're hitting a plateau evolutionarily speaking, at least as far as our brains go. But yeah, I think that that's fair, and that's why yeah, I discussed with uh, Sergeant Army Ranger uh, on my drive back through uh, Pennsylvania the other day. Yeah, about how they're you know there's you're gonna have two options here with AI pretty soon. Oh man, you're gonna either fight it and lose because it's gonna be Terminator style Skynet where it realizes you're a problem. Yeah, or <laughs> or you can blend with it. You can you can blend with it, or you can fight it. Now. Uh. I, I like where he's going with this. He's like, well, you know what, man? My my body might be gone, but you know they might be to digitally upload me into something else. Or, and it's like that. That is strange territory, man. Strange, but exciting in one hand. I don't think it's all evil because no, I, no, that's like that'd be pretty rad to be like four hundred years old and have like you know like be digitally uploaded so you could still participate in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't. And it's like, who's to say that isn't already happening right now? That's a possibility. That's the fucking absurd, weird this shit. This could all be, but oh, this could all be a simulation. And yeah. I've argued that, especially when I get in the car. I think it's very apparent with the lights and yeah. how the traffic changes right when I get on the road. Yeah, dude, it's very Truman Show esque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, so I yeah, that was another movie that like I would. It was a rough. It was a rough headspace that I was in, and I wasn't doing myself any favors. And I was like, "Fuck, I love this movie, but I'm gonna watch." It. And it's like literally, I was like. Oh, Mm-hmm. Truman Show is the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen. And it's just like, holy shit, what do I do? And it's like, well, dude, if it doesn't change the way you fucking eat lunch or take a shit every day, it's like, <laughs> does it really, if this is the way things yeah. have been all along, then only again, it was your point of view that changed. So stop fucking freaking out. It's like, the more I've focused on stuff, I was like, wow, like I'm scared of a lot more stuff than I realized. And it's just like, well, what exactly am I scared of? And it's literally just like this weird process where it's like you are afraid of fear. And it's like, it sounds redundant, but it's like, where are opportunities for fear to pop up? And it's like, well, the unknown. And it's like, okay, well, what's so scary about the unknown? And it's like, well, there might be something bad out there that I don't know about. And it's like, well, yeah, that's always going to be a fucking thing. Yeah. So it's like, learn as much as you can. And that's, uh, I was talking to somebody else about this recently where it's like, it's like, I don't have a, I'm, I was never much of a planner. I always improvised everything, but I've started to realize that if I make plans, it saves me time. And in the long run, if I do need to improvise, I now have more time to improvise because I did a lot of the work up front and now I have more free space. Yeah, it's on the just back like end. a sta- like a slight deviation from the original plan. I it, mean, yeah, it's just a reallocation of time and resources and it's like, 
thinking about that, it's like, then you start to realize there's still a ton of stuff that you can't plan for, but like you're now in better territory than you were because you have more room to play around. But it's like, people are like, well, it makes me anxious to realize that there's so much that I can't plan for still. And it's like, well, that's why you just work with what you know and do the best you can about that. And then when something is brought to your attention, like if you are lucky enough to not have it seriously hurt you or kill you, if Mm -hmm. it's a fuck up or a miscalculation, then you go back to the drawing board. Don't constantly beat yourself up because you're only taking time away from solving that problem. Don't let other people, yeah, like, it's okay fair. if people hold your feet to the fire a little bit to wake you the fuck up, but if they're just going to keep holding your feet to the fire to hold your fucking feet to the fire, fuck them. They're not helping either, and you need to go No, they're just there else. to punish you yeah, and hurt exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. And it's I like agree. 100% like you, uh, it was in a book, The Four Agreements, that uh, The Illusion recommended to us on this show. I listened to the audiobook for it, and I highly recommend it. Because one of the things that was said in that book is you will tolerate from other people the amount of abuse that you tolerate from yourself. And it's like when you hold yourself to a higher standard, you are by default holding everyone else to a higher standard. And it's like, yeah, we joke around and bullshit and whatever. But it's like if you say something that is like out of line and it's like we don't have to agree on everything. And I'm able to exist in a society where I don't agree with everybody. I don't care who the fuck you voted for. If you're not trying to go out of your way to hurt me or mine, I'm not going to do the same to you. But it's like there are people and it's so fucking it's comical to look at everybody that's like Trump hasn't been off in office for fucking how long now? Like fucking seven, seven months or something. Yeah. And it's like late night comedy still bashing Trump. It's like he's a fucking has been. I don't care. Where's the new material? This is fucking sad. It was sad already. But now it's like you literally that was it's like it would have been better for you if he won re-election because at least you'd have something to fucking bitch about. It'd be relevant. Yeah, exactly. But it's like now it's just like, okay, like the program clearly they didn't make a plan for after this. And it's like, well, we can't talk shit about Biden, even though that's the easiest fucking thing to do because look at him. And it's like, we have to deflect to literally the straw man now. (laughs) Like this is all fallacy. And it's like, I like, oh man, I fucking love the English class. Now that I think about it more. Well, that's good. But, But yeah. And it's just like, dude, like this is so fucking stupid. It is stupid. I agree with you. Um, all right. Well, let's save some more of this for okay. another FU Friday. We got plenty of stuff that for you guys to chew on. Oh yeah, and there's plenty more. Um, that, and, and I didn't even get to listen to the whole episode yesterday. So there is like, more to come. There's, I still have to digest the rest of it and come so, up with more shit. This is part one of the review of that uh, tremendous episode where we did three hours drunk. So. Yeah. Um, if you guys have a question, it's useguysinthatgmail.com. And please reach out, like anything. If I can't figure it out, I'll try to figure yeah, it out. The like, DMs are open. If you want to talk to us directly, please feel free to uh, send a direct message. Um, once again, real quick, before we wrap up, um, we were down at a punk rock show. And, um, you know, a lot of sweating goes on at a punk rock show, especially if you're in the band. A lot of sweating, maybe some under boob action. Maybe some on in the undercarriage where you have the sweat streaming down to underneath the ball sack, just stinking it up. Gentlemen, the dog days of summer are here. <laughs> Ladies, the dog days of summer are here. Nobody likes a smelly vagina. Nobody likes a smelly asshole, ball sack, whatever. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to Akron Apothecary, which should be called Todd's Gay Soap, which we're calling it that, but it's not officially that. So check it out. If you know, you know. And uh, he's got some soap for that ass. In fact, we ran into somebody today who purchased soap 
from Todd and said that it was tremendous. Yeah, really smooth those elbows out. Really smooth the elbows out. We're, we're like, I'm so stoked to meet people that are hearing about the product. I don't make any money off of this whatsoever. There is no money. In fact, he spent more money starting his operation than he's made. We need you to change that. It's a labor of love. It really is. And you can feel the love on, on your, your delicate bits, the nipples, the assholes, the ball sack, your, whatever. Outside the cheeks, don't forget about that. It's an important place, sitting on all these foreign toilets. Yeah. Coronavirus could be drilling into your ass. You yeah. don't know, but this soap will take care of it. That Delta variant. You don't want that Delta in your ass, you know, no, that you, big D. No, you want Taz Gay soap up in that ass, <laughs> and we're here to help. So please check out the, the selection. If you see something that you'd like to buy but it's not available, reach out to Todd. Let him know, hey, listen, I want the, the, the orange one, or I want the one that's got green tea in it, or whatever it is that he's got for you. Yeah, Reach out. He'll do you a special one. So once again, Akron Apothecary, Todd's Gay Soap, uh, the official and original sponsor of the show. I'm Jay. I have nothing else to add. We're going to talk more about this episode in another installment, which will be the ninth installment of the FU Friday. So for myself and my co-host, I bid you farewell, and we will talk to you soon. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yes. All right, so I have to fucking...